You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pull Box Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Findlay. Uh, this is our 20th episode and in this episode we're going to talk about the book Lumberjanes. Uh, written by Noel Stevenson and Grace Ellis, illustrated by Brooke Allen, with colors by Marta Laiho and letters by Aubrey Ais. Uh, and I, this is, this is a, this is a fun book. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, 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 I expected, I actually expected my wife, Crystal, to enjoy it more and she didn't even finish it. But, oh. uh. Um, this is what, this is like my third poll in a row, I think maybe that's uh, maybe, maybe not in a row, but this is like, I've, I've been choosing a lot of, subconsciously. uh, yeah, subconsciously a lot of, I, I, all female, I creators, yeah, I, I comics lately. And I, I don't know. I, it's, I think that it's just, uh, I, it's a current trend in the way that comics are going and, I. They're becoming more more prominent than they were in in years past, um, yep. and definitely higher profile. So, like a book like Lumberjanes, which has been sort of, um, it's like it's critically acclaimed. It's all that sort of stuff. Um, it is, it's it's one of those books that that shows that that female creators have interesting things to write comic books about and they don't necessarily have to like comic books don't necessarily have to fit into the superhero mold to be relevant or to be popular and female books don't have to to fit into the overly girly mode in order to to only pertain to girl readership yeah 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 absolutely um so the just to give a little bit of, of background on what the comic book is uh, Lumberjanes is about a group of uh, five girls at uh, basically like a sleepaway camp. Um, the camp has a ridiculously long name. They're like girl guides or something, right? Yeah, and and it's kind of like it's 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 one half camp. Uh, it's Miss Quinzella, Thisquin, Pennequickle, Thistle Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types. <laughs> um. Friendship to the max is there is their motto, um, and it's it's about these these five girls. They they sort of they they range in age. They're not all exactly the same age, um, and you're right. Like they're kind of like Girl Scouts, but it's also in this camp setting. Um, and the thing that the part where it gets interesting is that there's something weird going on in the woods. That only they can see, camp. apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, that only they ever, ever uh, get to experience. Um, but it's very clear that the they they have they have a counselor, their camp counselor, who like is totally out to launch on all this stuff. 
but the the woman who runs the camp knows exactly what's going on yeah um and so it's kind of it's 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 an adventure uh type of comic um with a little bit of sort of like a spooky supernatural vibe going on but it's it's really bright and colorful the art is fantastic um it's it's definitely its own style and uh it's it's kind of got like a very like animated series yeah sort I, of look to it it has like an adventure time kind of feel yeah with the, the yeah. way the characters are drawn i, I love that um ripley's character yeah her, her forearms are so short so her elbow is way, way uh, at the end of her arm. Yeah. So I just like the way that they draw the the their characters. Um, they, yeah, it's it does have an animated series style, and that's partly because of the um, just the flat look of it. Yeah. Um, and also the the vibrant colors that they use. Yeah. Um, and I went looking um, into kind of the history of some of these creators to, and was surprised to find no TV reference um in their history so i thought for sure that some of them would have worked in animation or something like that but apparently yeah not. yeah um yeah because it yeah it definitely does have like that sort of adventure time it's kind of like a, a cross between adventure time and gravity falls yeah like it because it's got yeah, that right. kind of that vibrant color palette that gravity falls does well, like so same well kind of storytelling as gravity yeah. falls as yeah well. yeah it's very similar yeah i could almost i could almost picture this as like if gravity falls takes place in oregon that this is like in washington yeah <laughs> and, they're, and they're the same universe um which boom boom used to have the disney license but they don't have it anymore right no they don't yeah. <laughs> not since marvel yeah they bought marvel yeah um, <laughs> why get someone else to publish well actually that's not true because idw is publishing their comics yeah, too yeah um but yeah the uh, i i really enjoyed sort of like the 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 way that it's broken down like each issue um has its own little mystery that we deal with yeah, but it's, it's like all... a little freak of the week kind of storytelling, yeah, yeah, but with but... an overarching mythology. Yeah, and and the way that we're introduced to sort of the theme of each issue is with a new badge. Yeah, a new a new uh, and a, a page out of their manual. Yeah, or, lumberjanes yeah. badge, and yeah, and, and then like explanation. So, I read the first two i uh, uh, of the the manual pages. Yeah, and by the time that I got to the end of the second. Of the like the the beginning of chapter two where where it's talking about the naval gauging badge, um, I realized that reading like they're they're cute and they're clever, but they but they're though, irrelevant yeah. to the story. <laughs> so I didn't read the other two. No, um, neither did I. I just kind of passed by them and went like, okay, that's cute. It's flavor text on a magic card, um, but uh, there there's a there's a larger mystery going on regarding like the all of these monsters and spooky things in the in in the forest um but i love the aspect of like don't like they can't tell their counselor um and so they they like she's constantly like getting pushed away at the last second yeah, creating diversion so they can yeah. escape yeah and then they have to fight a sea monster um but i also i also love that because of the nature of like like sort of the 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 way that the stories are structured with these badges um we focus on the strengths of each of the characters right. in, in each issue. And that, I, I don't know, I, I think in, in the perspective, I think that it's meant to be taken, which is like that this, this is a great comic for young girls to read. 
there's these characters are all role models right and and they're written in a in a way that like they're not role models in the sense that like you would look up to them and want to be them but in the sense that you can look at them and see yourself in one of the characters yeah and i, I always enjoy when a when an ensemble is written that way so that you know there's sort of there's one one character for everybody that everybody can kind of identify with um and then at the end of the day, they all have these common traits, which is that they're that they're lumberjanes and that they're like they all they're they're outdoorsy and they like adventure and, and all that sort of thing. But it deals with it deals with their strengths and their weaknesses, which um, which I think like a lesser writer or a pair of writers wouldn't necessarily do that. They would just um, if I think about Adventure Time and sort of the, the, the Adventure Time comics specifically, they tend to be a little bit more just about like the silly, zany adventures, right? right? Yeah. But where it gets interesting is when you when you start to delve into the characters themselves right. and, and you can um, you can start to, to relate to them and understand where they're coming from. And then when they fight a a, a sea monster in in the the river it's that much more entertaining because you because you are with them yeah yeah, you're, yeah yeah you're along you're along for the ride right yeah um and and some of the drama that comes as a result is is heightened because of that um and then some of the comedy as well i mean i love the moment when the the one girl who I, by all accounts, is like the I, I don't remember any of their names. I Ripley, you you said, but um, the the redhead, I she's by all accounts kind of like the the girly girl out of them. Yeah, uh, and that's not to say that she's like a girly girl, but but of of the five girls, she is definitely the most like the most feminine. Yeah, the most feminine. And then they get to this point where she has to to defeat a stone statue in a in a feat of strength. And so she arm wrestles him and using math, she snaps his arm off <laughs> and she's like, it's all about, uh, it's, it's all about leverage. Yeah. Re- remember it all comes down to leverage and the, the stone statues is like holding his hand and it's like, if we didn't, if we didn't relate to the characters on that level, the, I don't think the comedy would work as well because right. the funny thing is that like, she's the one that you wouldn't expect. Cause there, there are. There are probably two or three of the other girls that you would think like, oh, they'll deal with this. Yeah. And then she steps up and goes, no, I'm going to use math to deal with this. <laughs> right. Like um, and physics. And and so it's it's stuff like that where it gets uh, it gets pretty, pretty great. Also, there's a fastball special in this. Comic, yeah, that was which is, which is pretty a, cool. A, a reference to X-Men, um, Wolverine and, and Colossus. Are, are the the originators of the fastball special um uh and then and then I, I would be remiss to not mention the end of the comic where uh it's discovered that the the boy scouts across the lake basically are there <laughs> like on the other side of the the forest um they are being controlled by their counselor not their counselor but like the guy who runs their camp who is very clearly the bad guy. Like he's he's like some sort of like a 
a, a warlock or yeah, necromancer or something. <laughs> and, like he's got them controlling like, all of their minds. Yeah, he's controlling all their minds and like turning them into basically like werewolf boys because uh, yeah. they're kind of like, they have like fangs and they all look feral like they're gonna they're gonna attack but uh yeah i uh i i really i really enjoyed it uh i really liked it um the one the thing that i really liked about this is that there wasn't a there's no clear leader of the group yeah um they're all in it together and they all get their time to shine um because they each bring something different to the table so we don't have just a bunch of cookie cutter girls like you have with archie comics or something like that where it it doesn't matter who's filling that role it's like there's the female on the group um each of these characters is unique even in the the kind of jokes that they make or the things that they say they each have their own personality uh which is a a good skill for a writer to be able to do yeah um each character has their own voice and uh and and therefore it makes each character more memorable we were talking about irredeemable in the last episode how the characters all of the side characters are are not memorable it's because yeah. they're all they're all written the same yeah. there's nothing unique really about any of them if you took the visuals away you wouldn't be able to tell who any of these characters are that's yeah. speaking but with this one if you take the visuals away you can still say oh that's definitely um something that ripley would say or something like that yeah. right so that's it's good good writing on that part and I think they're on their fourth volume or something now. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been late to the party. I, uh, I'd been meaning to read this for a long time. And, uh, and then it, was, it came in, in in a restock at Metropolis Comics. And I saw it there and was like, oh, I'm going to grab that. And I, I bought it specifically, like I think like the week before cool. we recorded the last episode, to, in order to, to read it for this month. Good. So I was like, oh, that's a comic that I've been meaning to to get to and i think it's one one that's worth discussing well i know that the um now the the writer and the artist have both left the title okay um and they're at issue 18 or something i think right about now um so i don't know how that changes the book which is too bad because i feel like well one the art is so distinct yeah it's so specific that um to put another person in either they'd have to completely change it or or they'll do a They'll try and find someone who can sort of emulate that style. Um, and like I said, the writing is really strong, so they'd have to find someone who can, who would be able to write these characters the same way as well. Yeah. I don't know. It'll it it'll be interesting to read some future volumes to see how it progresses. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's a really good one. Um, I'm interested just in also to follow this boombox imprint. Um, yeah because they're supposed to be uh, focusing a little bit more on creator-owned stuff, which I think Boom is generally creator-owned. They have a few licensed properties, so I don't know why they need another imprint <laughs> that uh, says that, that has, is specifically creator-owned. But, they, but um, if they keep on producing content like Lumberjanes, then it'll be neat to see, to see what else they come up yeah. with. Yeah. I just uh, I, I I I really like this this current trend in comics where things are a little bit less um, male driven. Um, there's been there have been a few controversies definitely over the the convention season this year about um, I, women in comics and women creators specifically. Controversies? Yeah. What kind um, of controversies? Uh, so Bill Willingham. 
I, I, the writer and creator of Fables, uh, he it, it, it's so difficult because it makes because it makes it really really difficult to read Fables now. Um, he emceed uh, a, a panel. Um, I'm trying to remember the Comic Con. I don't remember which Comic Con it was, but um, he 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 basically uh, uh, ran a panel. Uh, he wasn't running it, but he was just sort of like the the um, uh, the words escaping me right now. But he was the one sort of um, hosting the panel yeah. for them. I uh, uh, about female creators in comics. Now, there's been a real um, issue with comic conventions in the last couple of years of guys putting together these panels and not inviting any female creators to be on them, which is very <laughs> problematic, so right? Which, yeah, and it doesn't make any sense because if, if I was going to host a panel on female comic creators, the first thing I would do is get as many female comic creators on that panel as possible. Yeah. Um, especially when you're talking about like the, their impact on the industry and, and, um, and the need for... And it's not like they're rare anymore. Like yeah, it's exactly out right. There. There's lots. Of um, but he he that that this panel was originally just a bunch of guys, that was controversial. So they they got a few female creators onto the panel, um, and then at the panel itself, which I think you might be able to actually find the audio online, he, uh, he basically like railroaded the conversation to huh, it, it's difficult to to put it into words. it's kind of like to defend male comic creators which is one of these things i uh, that <laughs> it's like there's no there's no point in that because it is it's not like they're in danger yeah like <laughs> yeah like it's 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 predominant it's a predominantly male industry at the moment yeah, and, it, and that's the problem, historically right? suppressing women in yes. this industry as well so yeah. why would you need to defend the male exactly but it? it's part of this there there's a there's a it's a backlash right because as as feminist stuff sort of and and this this is a book that I would definitely consider to be a feminist book. It doesn't yep. have an agenda. It doesn't push anything on you, but it is a primarily female cast. Um, and uh, certainly the main cast is all female. Um, and then <laughs> the one of the one real like main male character turns out to be a villain, evil. right? <laughs> like he turns out to be evil. So there's a like it's a it, there it's kind of, it's got a lot in common common with uh, Mad Max Fury Road where it's like the you know like there are obviously redeemable male characters in it but for the most part dudes are kind of played as chumps <laughs> i i but like that that is a response to the last uh, I don't know, however many hundreds of years of of western society oppressing women, right? Yeah. And uh, and so a comic book like this has to exist so that girls can read comic books and be excited about comic books um, that that they see themselves in because it's not to say that a girl can't pick up Irredeemable or Dylan Dog and and read those and enjoy those comic books, but um, there's a lot to be said for seeing yourself in a title, right? Seeing yep. yourself in in a comic and. Historically, with comics, the last hundred years, it's been 
uh, primarily male characters, and if you're a girl, then you get to choose if you're Batgirl or you're Wonder Woman, or if you're <laughs> like like. Thankfully, the X Men came along, and all of a sudden there were all these female superheroes to choose from. But for a long time, there was only one girl on the team, right? Like, and that that's sort of been the the history of comics, and uh, comics like Lumberjanes are slowly changing that. Right where where female characters are no longer considered token characters or supporting characters or like rehashes they, of male characters. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah, um, which which I think like if we talk about Rat Queens, which we go back to, that was my problem with that book was that it was very much it it was it was in the vein of a book like Lumberjanes. But I think when you compare and contrast them, it's very obvious that Rat Queens is written by a man. Yeah. And that Lumberjanes is written by women. So you beat me to the punch. I was going to say the exact same <laughs> thing about this. Rat Queens ran through my mind when I was reading this. Yeah. Like, this reminds me of Rat Queens, but it's doing a better job of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and um, I know that I'm in the minority when I criticize Rat Queens. I know that a lot of people really like that book and that it's got garnering a lot of critical praise and, and a lot of fan praise. And it's got a really big following behind it. I think that it might even have been optioned for a movie recently or, oh, wow. or a TV series or something like that. Um, but to me, Rat Queens is, is inherently problematic because all of those characters ring as men with boobs basically right like it's a crass way of putting it but that that is how those characters read to me for the most part um is that they were very like male archetypes that happened to have long hair and so yeah i wonder if rat queens has a strong female following like if it or if it's primarily male yeah i i'd be curious to find out what what that is uh like what that demographic looks like um but I mean, just anecdotally, I know a lot of guys who read it that really enjoy it, and I think that I've got a few female friends who read it and enjoy it. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know. I just I just think when you when it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. I think you can read Rat Queens and on the surface go like, "That's cool. That's a that's like a feminist story." But then when you start to break it down, you're like, there's nothing really female about these characters. Whereas the like Lumberjanes, there there are definite like feminine attributes that some of the characters have. Um, but they really like with with a couple of them, like Ripley in particular, I think because Ripley is the youngest, she's almost androgynous right. to a certain point because yeah, she's a kid character yeah because she doesn't have she doesn't have that identity yet and she's sort of a, a blank slate and then others of them are i think intentionally andro androgynous even though they're a little bit older like they're that's that's part of their identity well and, and, and joe here's a spoiler for if you haven't re read anything about this but joe is who's the tallest character okay it, it, i guess we find out in the in the later volume that she's actually transgender okay which is why she's she's androgynous herself because okay. she's transitioning or whatever that kind of thing so yeah and they, they uh they do they're they're all types of females yeah in this book yeah. it's not yeah. just a cookie cutter female yeah and so that kind of brings it all back to representation right and uh the the 
It's a tri- tricky subject because we're a couple of guys talking about right. women <laughs> in comics. But trying to like, I'm trying to to represent, I uh, uh, you know, uh, my wife and and Amanda from Quiver and and uh, Courtney and Allison on on Double X Files. That like, I know that they enjoy seeing books like this, yeah. where uh, where it is more representative and more to the point, they really enjoy seeing comics um and just pop culture from female creators because it, it has been such a a male dominated uh part of culture and that's why we have so many of like these uh basically adolescent male fantasies in comic books where uh where the women are all they have like all which blade and perfect figures yeah and- uh, even to the point like it like exaggeratedly perfect figures yeah. um and they're all overly sexualized and that sort of thing. So it's, I, I I think it's cool to bring attention to comics that that aren't doing those things uh, that that are doing something a little bit different, right? Because because yep. uh, because I think that it's something that needs to be it needs to be praised when it when it exists when it when those comics are out there and people need to to know about them and 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 check them out because because sure. it, it it is a a a majorly male hobby and that's how it's seen um but i think but it's shifting yeah it's shifting yeah. and 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 rather than take like the bill willingham uh, uh stance and try and defend this as our you know our last bastion of of manliness <laughs> in geek culture. Um, embrace it, yeah, yeah, to embrace it because I think that the stories will only get more interesting. Um, well, it's that, not like there's going to be a loss of jobs or anything either. Yeah. It's like there's no point in in trying to defend your own yeah. position. It's not like you're going to be able to work, especially you, Bill Willingham. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing, and it, the thing with Bill Willingham that makes it so so troubling and we talked about bill willingham quite a bit recently on our on our episode uh that featured fables um i felt that he wrote very strong female characters yeah I thought so, too. so i to a certain to a certain extent and i guess this is a little bit of a devil's advocate position but to a certain extent i understand where he's coming from i understand why he's threatened because i do think that he has gone out of his way to write some strong female characters uh i think that snow and cinderella and sleeping beauty and and rose red um and basically i think actually all of all of the the classic fairy tale princesses those disney princess type characters um that he he did manage to turn a lot of that on its head and make them into very strong characters not just in the sense that they, you know, that they could kick butt or whatever, uh, which I think is like the default position. That's that rat queens sort of thing. Um, but where they're smart, but, intelligent, and don't rely on their partners and yeah, to, exactly to do yeah. great things. Um, and and they have they have compelling and interesting things to say. So so I think like it, it that's what makes it so difficult because I'm currently trying to catch up on fables. And after having read these articles about about the way that he was talking about female creators and 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 women in comics, it was very difficult to then read his female characters and not have that uh, that like a little that, bit of hypocrisy or something. Yeah, because um, he's writing women 
that he apparently is threatened by. And to me, it's like, that's a weird thing. But I think at the same time that his reaction might be coming out of the fact that he feels like he's been doing good things for the industry as a man writing females in comics. And, and that when the focus shifts from that onto women writing women, female characters in comics, that it takes something away from him. But I don't think that it does, and I think that that's the that that's well, it the does. That I... It does take away because if you're going to talk about a guy writing a fe- strong female character sure. or a female writing a strong female character, yeah, I think it, it's more important to to talk about yes. the female. Yeah. So he does have something taken away from him. He can't do those same interviews he's doing, sure. or whatever. It's yeah. just a dumb thing to be up in arms about. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah. It, like it doesn't. It to me, it doesn't. It wouldn't if if he hadn't said the things that he said. It wouldn't take away from from his writing. his characters yeah, right. because his characters are still great characters and right, and yeah. and I think that Snow is one of the best female characters in comics of like the last the last couple decades because I think that she she like a character like Buffy did on TV I think opened a lot of doors for other female characters to come in and be those same kinds of like you can like have the strong feminine characteristics but also be uh, a a strong character that can handle their own business right yeah um but the it's it's almost like he opens the door for female creators and then the second that they start walking through he's like whoa whoa, 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 whoa. i just opened the door i didn't say you could come in (laughs) right and so to me like that's kind of i don't know there's a weird there's a weird dynamic there going on in the comics industry where i think that people are paying a lot of lip service but then when things actually actually start happening yeah yeah and things start changing they like their boys club yeah i mean dc has been has been horrible about about how they well actually that's not that's not entirely true because they've gotten better in the last couple of years but when new 52 happened which now when i think about it it's like three almost it's like four years six years ago is it like six it, years ago didn't they have their big five-year anniversary oh celebration boy like last that makes year me feel old because uh, i've been i've been rallying against new 52 for so long <laughs> yeah it's like a change um but uh when when that all changed over they killed a bunch of female character comics as well as basically got rid of the majority of the 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 female writers and artists um and slowly they've built that back up but then i I don't know i look over at at marvel and what they're doing and and they seem to be taking the opposite approach where they're embracing that sort of thing still a long ways to go um and it's it is still marvel is very predominantly male um but but i think like they're at least trying to address the problem they're looking at it as an issue that needs to be solved whereas dc i think is reacting to a fan outcry which is those are two different two different perspectives right um but thankfully we have independent comics as well uh and and we have lots of great imprints like like boom uh and idw uh, that the and image that allow um, for creator owned comics to 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 get the the attention that they deserve. So Lumberjanes, I know was it it was publicized heavily in things like Diamond Comics uh, yeah. uh, catalog and 
and online and, and sort of by the industry as a whole. Um, and that's a, the, the, these are all positive things or we're going in the right direction, but it needs to be, it needs to be emphasized, I think. And yep. it needs to be highlighted when they are great. And I think that Lumberjanes, <clears throat> although like, here, this is the last thing that I'll say about the book. I, I enjoyed it. It's not really a comic for me. It's not, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not going to continue buying them. Um, but it is a great comic. I do like, it is the, the, everything that should be there is there. And, and, yeah. and I think it's all done to a very high level, like a, a very high skill level. Um, with, with the writing, the art, the, just the whole thing, uh, the whole package is, is what I would consider like triple A comic. Um, it, it is, it is certainly for a different audience than myself. Um, and I enjoyed it, but not to the point where I'm like hooked and I have to get the next volume and I want to read more of the story. Um, but that's not to take anything away from it. That's just, it's just not, it's for a very specific audience. And I think that that audience, um, should be introduced to it and they should, they should have comics like this. It's like, I don't, don't necessarily read, you know, Archie double digest because that's not really (laughs) for me. Right. Um, but uh, but apparently they are making an Archie comic for us, uh, I, and when that with comes an all female uh, creative team as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, I I, I guess that kind of wraps it up for Lumberjanes. Um, if you haven't already read it, hopefully you have. But if you haven't, then uh, I suggest picking it up and and giving it a read. Um, if only just like from like sort of a historical perspective, and you can say and. 20 years that uh, you read one of the comics that was the beginning of, of all of these <laughs> awesome uh, uh, comics that are more diverse, that, that represent more than just dudes in spandex. Uh, right. Or women in spandex. Or women in spandex. But, but mostly <laughs> mostly dudes in spandex. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. And I, I, we will catch you. We've got one more episode coming out. Uh, this month on the on the twentieth on the twentieth, and that'll be Dylan Dog. Um, if you missed our previous episode uh, for Redeemable, or sorry, Irredeemable, you can go back and uh, and and download that and give that a listen. Um, and uh, uh, and next month we'll be talking with Kristen Gudsnuck in one of the episodes next month. Yeah. She's the creator of Hench Girl, which we uh, talked about a few months ago, uh, and we'll be discussing probably something Batman related with her, which is great. Um, as well as her her work and her history, do a nice little interview. Uh, yeah. And also, we have uh, what was your pick for next month? Uh, my pick for next month is Dragon Ball, which is our 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 first manga, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, the original Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, but the original Dragon Ball comic. So that'll be the first. I I I think I think we'll Just read the first volume definitely the first volume. Uh, I think that that I will probably end up reading the first three, yeah. but I uh, um, yeah. So so that's my pick. Um, and I'm picking Newts, which is a brand new series from Scholastics um, Graphics imprint, which is their graphic novel imprint by Doug Ten Napel, and he's the guy who kind of created the Earthworm Jim video game. So he's he's a great. I, I've really oh, enjoyed exciting. a lot of his uh, graphic novels in the past, cool. and so this is a new one. 
Um, the first of a multi-book series. I don't know anything about it, so it should be fun. <laughs> cool. I love Earthworm Jim, so, so that's exciting. And our reader poll for next... I don't even know if we've talked about this. I, we, I, we haven't talked about a reader poll. Well, think, you know what? Because we have the interview. So. Um, why don't you uh, listen into the Dylan Dog episode and we will reveal the reader poll in go. that episode. There you go. And of course, you can uh, keep up to date with everything Pullbox Podcast by heading to pullboxpodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pullboxpodcast and on Twitter at pullboxpodcast. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And at Curtis Findlay. Curtis with a K, Findlay with F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And, uh, and of course, I, I, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, so you can check out all of the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. And, uh, and you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can chip in and uh, and and help support us at the cost of, of hosting podcast files and whatnot, um, and uh, and and also get some cool perks. Uh, for instance, if you wanted to listen to all three comics, uh, listen to us talk about everything from from this month, uh, you could pledge and get everything early. So you'll get basically get it all at once, and you can listen to the whole episode uh, as opposed to. In throughout the month segmented. um yeah so uh you can do that you can also uh head there and at the 15 dollar level you basically get to pick a book uh and and actually record a 20 minute segment with us uh and and uh, and we will we'll read your book we'll it'll it'll be on the podcast and uh and that that'll be uh, uh, sort of its own thing now with our new format. So so that's uh, at fifteen dollars. That's that's all it takes to to tell us what to read, and uh, and to actually get to be on the podcast and talk to us mm-hmm. uh, about that comic. Um, so so those are some of the great perks that you get uh, by being a, a, a supporter over at Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack, as well as access to to stuff from all of our other podcasts. So. Um, that's uh, that's uh, we we thank everybody for supporting us through Patreon, and we hope that you'll go check it out. And if it's for you, uh, that's cool. Otherwise, uh, it's all good. Uh, the podcast will always be free. Um, I, so yeah, uh, that that does it for this episode of the Pullbox Podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. Oh, 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 oh.